Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Amen. Are you ready for the word? What's the word, the first word for 2021? I got to tell you, it's one of those times that this is one of the, the moments that make me a little bit the most nervous. I'm like, God, is that, is that the word that you have for us? Are you sure? Is that me? Or is that... And I really feel like God had dropped something in my heart. And let me set it up for you. Um, I really feel like part of last year, we, we heard this all the time. I heard people say this. Um, I didn't see that coming. Um, you know, it kind of caught me by surprise if I would have known. And I just want to say to you that uh, one of the things that you and I can understand is uh, the present times, the present circumstances, maybe not in a sense naturally, but spiritually. And I think when we're always looking at things through natural eyes, we seem to miss and tend to miss or misread or misinterpret some things, but we know that we can have certainty with spiritual things because of the Holy Spirit with us. And so my message today is eyes wide open. I want us to go into 2021 with eyes wide open. I don't want us to be the people that said, I never saw that coming. It's not from a standpoint of trying to predict something so we can avoid something. It's looking at God in the middle of something, amen? As I'm seeing God in the middle of my circumstances, it doesn't matter what's happening around about me. I'm not focused on those things. I'm focused on what God is doing, not what's happening around me, amen? And so I think that no matter what we find ourselves in, and whether, if we were to start again 2020, we can go through those things, seeing God in the middle of it, instead of seeing everything else that's happening. And so I want to just try and this morning and bring some things from the word that will probably, if you'll join me, uh, set us up for a better 2021, because we can go into it with eyes wide open, no matter what comes, because we really don't know, but what we do know is God is ever present. Amen. And so I want to just bring some things from the word this morning on that. But I want to say that, you know, not everything in 2020 was bad. I know this real hurts and pains, but, you know, God did some amazing things in and through this church. I don't know if you had a chance. How many of you had a chance to watch last week's message? Everything was online. And okay, well, we went to a lot of troubles for the rest of you. Shame on you. Go to, we did it at our house. Go and watch it again. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so uh, we really shared a few things about what we were able to do as a church. I'll recap those in a few weeks, but uh, I just want to encourage you that, you know, God is still moving and working. And as a church, we were able to do some amazing things for the kingdom. And I believe that was just the beginning. I believe that that was just a positioning, if you will, of influence, uh, giving us a greater voice, perhaps in the area, and a, certainly a greater opportunity to continue to reach out to those in need and be a blessing, be a tree life to lost and hurting world. So I just want to share that with you. Um, there are four places in scripture where it says that, and their eyes were opened or God opened their eyes. Four stories in there where we see circumstances are happening around about and all of a sudden God intervenes, whether it be through a prayer or just someone crying out, then all of a sudden God opened their eyes to see. Some of that they'll see natural things. Some of that they'll see spiritual or supernatural things. But nonetheless, there's four places that you see that God opened their eyes. And really that's my heart and my prayer. And, and for 2021, it's God open our eyes. Open our eyes to what you're doing. Open our eyes to our mission and our purpose. Open our eyes in the midst of difficulty. Open our eyes to your provision, your protection, your direction, to who you are. That's, what, that's my prayer. That's, that's what I'm going to be passionate about, especially this year. And so uh, we're going to look at that this morning. It's important for us to understand. Um, we have to be able to be, we have to see what God sees. And in order to do that, and one more plug for 21 days of prayer and fasting. If you want your eyes really open to God and who he is and what he's doing, you need to draw as close to him as you possibly can. And so the spiritual disciplines need to go to another level. In fact, this is what I've been telling the staff for 
a couple weeks now. I believe the word or words or phrase for 2021 for Tree Life is higher heights, higher heights. In order for us to experience or go to higher heights corporately, we have to do that individually. You and I have to do that. You have to do it in your home. You have to do it by yourself. You have to do it with your spouse. You have to do it with your family. You have to do it at work. You have to do it wherever your life takes you. You have to go to higher heights spiritually in your relationship with God. And prayer and fasting is a way to do that. In fact, it's impossible to do it, I believe, without prayer and fasting because of the spiritual discipline of it. And so we're going to take a look starting in verse, uh, I'm sorry, Genesis 21. Uh, verses 15 through 19. And we're going to look at the, this. Our eyes, their eyes were opened, or God opened their eyes. And so let me start reading here. And it says this, and the water in the skin, or the canteen, if you will, to give you, I'll give you some context in a minute. And the water in the skin was used up, and she placed the boy under one of the shrubs. And this is Hagar, who was a servant of Sarah, Abraham and Sarah. And she had a son, Ishmael, by Abraham, because Abraham and Sarah had a promise of God, but so much time had passed, they got impatient. They decided to take matters in their own hands. And so Sarah sent Abraham into her handmaid to have a child. And they did. And then all of a sudden, Sarah gets pregnant with Isaac. And she decides, I don't want Hagar here. You don't need another wife. You don't need another son. Send them on their way. And the Bible says, Abraham hearkened to the voice of his wife. I thought, ladies, right there, that would be a great amen time. Come on, let's totally set you up, ladies. And he hearkened into the voice of his wife, Sarah, and he did what she said, and he sent them out. He gave them some food. He gave them some water. They're wandering in the desert, in the wilderness, and all of a sudden, they run out of resource, nothing around them to give them hope, to give them help. And all of a sudden, out of desperation, they're in this moment, then uh, Hagar sets her son, Ishmael, under a shrub in the shade. And so it said, then she went and sat down across from him at a distance of about a bow shot, a bow shot. That's how she's measuring how far away she was from him because she could not stand to see him suffer. For she said to herself, let me not see the death of the boy. And so she sat opposite him and lifted her voice and wept. And God heard, now listen to this, and God heard the voice of the lad. Whose voice did God hear? The lad, right? I mean, it's like, I thought this was about Hagar praying, crying out to God for her son and God intervening. But here's what the scripture says. God heard the voice of the lad. We'll come back to that. Then the angel of God called to Hagar out of heaven and said to her, what ails you, Hagar? Fear not, for God has heard the voice of the lad and uh, heard the voice of the lad. And let's see, I think we jumped. Can we go back? Just one more. I think we skipped ahead. Wait, oh, we're, we're right there. Okay. What ails you, Hagar? Fear not, for God has heard the voice of the lad. Here's what I want, to hear, want you to hear, where he is. Okay, let's go on now, the next one. Genesis 21, still right there, verse 18. Arise, lift up the lad for, uh, and hold him with your hand, for I will make him a great nation. There's a promise of God. And then God, oh, listen, and then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water that was there all the time. And she went and filled the skin with water and gave the lad a drink. There's a lot to unpack and that, but that's only one of four. So I want to take a few moments and address this with you. And I uh, understand, we already saw this in scripture, that um, the angel of the Lord, or God heard the voice of the lad and heard him where he is. Then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. Now I want you to understand something here that's so important is that in her wilderness, in her desert, in her desperation, she cried out to the Lord. And I want to go on a little side 
trail for just a moment, if you will, and I'm going to speak to parents. She went and she laid the, the lad under a bush because she could not stand to see the situation that he was, she was, he was in. She could not bear to see him suffer. So she did not, she could not handle what she was seeing. So she tried to change her landscape. Now her landscape did not change her situation, but here's where I want to go on a side trail for a moment that when she cried out to God, God heard the voice of the lad. Can I tell you, parents, it is so important to train your child up in the way of God. And it's so important for you to pray with them. It's so important for you to read to them. It's so important for you to talk to them about the things of God. It is so important for you to get online and get the online packets that we make available for your kids. It is so important for you to get them here so they can be in children's ministry because you're not always going to be there with them. And God heard the voice of the lad, not the voice of the mom. And so I want to encourage you today that if you'll impart those things in your kids, God will hear their voice. God is watching them. He's looking out for them. He's listening to them. And let me say this. I don't know if they heard an audible prayer like we would assume that Hagar cried unto God openly and audibly. We don't know about the boy. The boy could have, we don't know the age exactly, but the boy could have been asking God to help her to intervene. But something he saw or something was imparted in him that put him in a position to know where to go to for help and that would be God. But I also submit to you that God heard his life speak. I also submit to you God heard the promise on his life speak. And I'm going to say this to you today. We need our eyes open to the fact that we have a purpose and a promise from God that still speaks. And I know that you're going through difficulty at times, and I know you find yourself in a desert. I know you find yourself in a wilderness, and all you can see is desert and death. But listen, your purpose and your calling speaks to God in the midst of your most difficult circumstance. Your calling in your life, your marriage speaks to God in the midst of this most difficult time. Your life speaks to God. Your children speak to God in the most difficult time. The call on your life, the purpose and plan of God is still speaking and he hears it and we need to open our eyes in the most desert-filled time full of death. Our lives, our purpose speak to God. And so it doesn't matter in a sense. It does, it doesn't matter where you find yourself in this great place of despair where all you can do is maybe just cry and sob and we don't know exactly what she said, but nonetheless, our life speaks to God. God values our life. He loves us. We're his children. He watches over your children. He loves your kids. I mean, it doesn't matter how old they are. He loves them anyway. So your teenagers that are wandering, and I'm gonna, I'm, I'll get back to the, the message. Your teenagers that are wandering astray, their life speaks to God, and he's right there with them, and he sees what's happening in their life. And you may look, and look at their life and see nothing but a desert, them wandering in a desert, but can I tell you and encourage you this morning, then open your eyes to the fact that God loves them, he sees them, and he hears them. And he has a call in their life. Your adult children that are leading their lives on a path of destruction, that are with people they shouldn't be with, doing things they shouldn't be doing, and you are crying out to God. Can I tell you, their life and their purpose and their destiny is crying out to God. And God sees it. He sees it. We need to open our eyes to the fact that quit looking at the desert and quit looking at death all around them and open our eyes to the fact and just say, thank you, God, my eyes are open that you have a plan and purpose greater than what they're experiencing today. And no matter what's happening in our life, we need God to open our eyes to what he's doing round about us because we can be consumed with the desert and the death that we see. And that's the situation here. And so she removed or separated herself. I know that sometimes to save your hurt, save your heart, you want to remove yourself. You want to separate yourself from a situation or for something that's happening because of the pain that it brings. But I want to encourage you, just ask God to open your eyes and see what he's doing because he's doing and he's working all the time. 
And I want to encourage you that, whether it's your marriage, whether it's a dream or your future, because that's what it was for Hagar. Uh, uh, Ishmael was her dream. It was, it was something that she wanted and longed for. It was her future. It was her hope. And all of a sudden, all she saw was an end. She saw no resource. No resource was there because they ran out. And that's why they were in the situation they were in. And all she could see was the circumstances around about her. But God heard the voice of the life of the lad calling out the purpose and destiny and the promise. Can I tell you, the promise that God has over your life speaks. I don't know if you believe that or not. But when you become a child of God, God has a, a, a promise, a purpose, a destiny, even when you're not, but it, it's enacted when you come to him. He has a purpose and a plan for your life, and it speaks to God. It has a voice of its own, especially when you're going the wrong way. It's crying out to God to get back on track. And I love this picture. We need to open our eyes to see what God is doing in the midst of our circumstances. Open our eyes to see the call and purpose of God on our lives, even though it doesn't look like anything's happening. And the Bible says that God opened her eyes and she saw a well. There was a well there all the time. How many things are we missing that God's trying to do because we're focused on the desert and death and we're missing the provision of God? In the midst of those times, we need our eyes open. So we can see the provision of God. The resource ran out, but yet there was resource right there by him. In fact, the well means life, and it said they drank from that. They drank from the well that she filled the canteen, and then it brought life and refreshed them again. And I think it's an important thing to note here that there's times in the midst of our desert, if you will, in the midst of death all around us, if you will, that we need our eyes open to the provision of God that is right there. That was always there all along. We just couldn't see it because we were looking at the wrong things or our eyes were consumed or we wanted a change of landscape. Just because you move somewhere else, it doesn't mean the circumstances have changed. Just because you choose not to look at it doesn't mean that those things are not happening, but they needed their eyes open. And I want to encourage you this morning, especially for you parents, her son had a voice. His life had a voice. His purpose had a voice. His destiny had a voice. The plan of God, the promise of God on his life had a voice. His future had a voice and God hears it. It cries out to God and so does yours, child not a parenting one, but that would be a good one (laughs) this morning. Our eyes need to be open to that. Your eyes need to be open to the fact that God hears your pain. God hears your frustration. Here's your disappointment. God hears your loss and your broken heart and lost dreams. Your eyes need to be open to the fact that God hears your marriage. He hears your broken family. He hears your broken relationships. He hears your bad report. God hears your job loss. Her eyes were open to the provision in the midst of the desert that was there all along. Around her was the answer, life, life-giving water. She saw provision when God opened her eyes. They opened her, uh, the eyes of the Lord are on you, and I wrote this, on your children. Maybe I wrote it for me, uh, uh, that, but to, to encourage everybody, if, if they're in trouble. Listen, he said where they are. Did you get that? He heard the cry of the lad where he is. It does not matter where your kids are right now. God hears them where they are. They could be in jail this morning. They could be hung over somewhere. They could be overdosed somewhere. They could be wake up in the wrong bed somewhere with the wrong person this morning. But God hears them where they are. Open your eyes and God sees and hears their cry. Be encouraged from that. Don't be accepting of that, but be encouraged from that. God is there to provide. I'm encouraged by that. I hope that you are. Stuff that no matter where my kids go, I can't be with them all the time. They're on their own and what's happening in their life that wherever they are, their voice speaks to God. Their, their life speaks to God. Their future, their destiny speaks to God. And God opened her eyes and she saw provision. In 2021, 
I'm praying that God will open your eyes to see provision in whatever circumstance you're in because he is a faithful God and he's a provider. Numbers 22, another story. Maybe familiar with this one, maybe not. There's a, a prophet by the name of Balaam. He was a very renowned prophet. In fact, it said whom Balaam cursed were cursed. Whoever he blessed was blessed. And so uh, an evil king wanted to um, attack the Israelites because they were winning all these battles. And he didn't know how else to stop them. He knew he could not stop them with his armies. And so he said, if I can get this prophet to come and speak a curse over the people of God, then they'll be cursed because whatever he cursed is cursed. Whatever he blesses is blessed. And so he tried to trick the prophet and the prophet came and he said, here's this people. He didn't tell me were the people of God. And he says, I, I want you to speak a curse over them. And Balaam says, well, I have to go to the Lord and I can only speak what he tells me. And he's like, but yeah, but I want you to speak a curse over these people. Well, when Balaam goes to God, God says that these are my people and I'm not going to let you speak a curse over them. And so Balaam comes and the king says, are you ready? And Balaam says, I'm just going to tell you, I can only speak what God says. And so when he goes up in the mountain overlooking the people of God, opens his mouth and out would come a blessing and not a cursing. It's a great story in Numbers 22. But as Balaam is on his way there for the first time after he's met with the king, he's riding his donkey, or meet with, to meet with the king, he's riding his donkey. And all of a sudden, the donkey turns and won't go any further on the trail, on the path. And, and so Balaam is frustrated, and he's beating his donkey, he's whipping him, and the donkey's not going to go any further. And then finally, the scripture says the donkey turned into an open field to turn around and go another way, but that made, that made Balaam so much more angry. And so he kept beating the donkey, kept beating the donkey, and finally forced the donkey back on the trail. Then all of a sudden, the trail is beginning to narrow as they're getting closer, and the donkey does not want to go any further. And so finally, in this very narrow passage, the donkey shifts his weight, crushes the foot of the prophet Balaam, Balaam is that much more angry now, and he beats the living daylights out of the donkey. And let's pick up the story. Here we go. Numbers 22, 23 says this. Now the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his drawn sword in his hand. And the donkey turned aside out of the way and went into the field. So Balaam struck the donkey to turn her back onto the road. And then the angel of the Lord stood in a narrow path between the vineyards with a low wall on the side and a wall on that side. Let me say something right here. You know, when you're first starting and going in the wrong direction, there's a wide, wide opportunity for you to turn around. But if you keep pressing in on the wrong path, if you keep ignoring the things of God and going your own way, the wrong way, it gets more narrow and gets more narrow and gets more narrow. So when he leads you into an open field, take it. Can I tell you? All right. And then when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she pushed herself up against the wall and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall. So he struck her again. You can see that he is so angry at this moment in time. Balaam has no idea why the donkey's doing what the donkey's doing, but the donkey knows what's happening. He can see in front of him. Let's take a look at verse 29. And Balaam said to the donkey, because you've abused me, you crushed my foot. You won't do what I'm saying. I wish there were a sword in my hand now instead of this whip or this rod, for now I would kill you. And so the donkey said to Balaam, this is awesome. The donkey said to Balaam, am I not your donkey on which you've ridden ever since I became yours? All these years you've been riding me to this day. Was I ever disposed to do this to you? Have I ever gone away that you did not want me to go? Haven't I always listened to you? Why do you think I'm not listening to you right now? What a crazy moment that is. And so he says no, which is even funnier. It's funny that the donkey's talking, but then he's having a conversation with them. <laughs> if you can understand a donkey, you might be. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, so 
Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his sword drawn and in his hand, and he bowed his head and fell flat on his face. The Lord opened the eyes of the prophet, and he saw an angel of the Lord standing in his way. God was trying to keep him from going in the wrong direction. God was trying to keep him from going in the wrong direction. Hagar had her eyes open and she saw the provision of the Lord. Balaam had his eyes open and saw the direction of the Lord. You may be headed in the wrong direction. You may be looking at circumstances or making a decision that's not what God wanted you to do or where to go. You may have been going the wrong way the whole time and you're wondering why there's obstacles in the way. Why am I turning this way and that? Why have I been crushed against the wall? It seems like nothing's happened. Just maybe God's trying to tell you there's a better way. Maybe God's trying to give you a better direction and maybe you need to stop for a moment and say, God, open my eyes to your direction for 2021. I don't want to keep going the same way I just came. Maybe you have a better way, not my my way, but your way, God, open my eyes. And just maybe he's sending obstacles and things in your path to get you in the right direction. I don't know what 2020 was like for all of us, but can I tell you, I wish I'd have had my eyes open a little bit more than I did. And I would have not made some wrong turns, but can I tell you in 2021, we can go in with eyes wide open and we can see God's provision in the desert and we can see God's direction on our way. But we need our eyes open to see what God's trying to do and trying to say. And sometimes the obstacles in front of us that we can't see with our natural eyes, God is keeping us and protecting us from something that would be harmful or dangerous. And so I just want to say that if you've been going in the wrong direction and you know that you have been, maybe you're not willing to admit it. I'm praying for God to open your eyes so you can turn around. Can I tell you this morning, the field is wide open. January 3rd of 2021, right now, new year, the field is wide open. Turn around now before it gets more narrow and more dangerous. Turn around now before there's more risk of getting more harm because it was in the narrow passage that his foot was crushed. Turn around now. But we need our eyes open. When you're trying to do your own thing in your own way, God can open your eyes and give you a right direction. For 2021, I'm praying for God to open our eyes to his provision and to his direction. Open our eyes with your direction. Second Kings 6, probably the most familiar passage to us. Second Kings 6, our third story. It's when the prophet Elisha was being surrounded by the Assyrians. He had been prophesying. God had been revealing the plans of the Assyrians, and, and the prophet had been speaking that, and they'd been exposed, and so they were angry, so they sought to find him and kill him. So they find out where Elisha's staying, and they send the army to surround where he's staying with the intent on killing him. And early in the morning, his servant wakes up and goes outside to see that they're surrounded with horses and chariots and armies and archers. And he comes to wake up the prophet in a panic and in fear and says, you need to come see this. We're surrounded by the enemy who has come to kill us. And it says this in verse 14, therefore he sent horses and chariots and a great army there. And they came by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And the servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Open his eyes. When God opens your eyes, you can see provision. When God opens your eyes, you can see direction. When God opens your eyes, you can see protection. And sometimes God opens your eyes to the fact that you are are protected. 
Right now, you are protected by God. The truth is that the enemy has sent his armies to steal, kill, and destroy from you. He sent his armies to steal from your marriage, destroy your marriage, and, and kill your marriage, your family, your business, your friendships, your, your finances, your church. The enemy is waiting for the opportunity to take you out, take out the people of God. But let me say this in 2020. It seemed to me like, uh, let me uh, just for a moment, let me step over here to this side. <laughs> it seemed like there was just so much demonic activity. Now, I know probably what somebody was saying, did he just say the D word? <laughs> I just brought a visitor, Pastor Don. Don't talk about demons. Logged on for the first time. Hey, I'm going to try this Tree of Life Church. We're talking about demons. Can I tell you that's reality? Jesus dealt with them and he gave us the power over them and he cast them out and he defeated death and hell and he gave us the power over demonic forces and activity. But make no mistake about it. There is demonic activity in the world today. If you don't believe me, turn on the news. Can I tell you 2020 may have been the most demonically active year I can remember and don't think that these things were just natural things. They all have a demonic root. You want to talk about strife and racial injustice? You want to talk about violence and hostility? You want to talk about people turning on people and being so mean and ugly? You want to talk about fear from pandemics and stuff? It's all rooted in demonic activity. And just because you don't believe it does not make it so. I'm talking Bible. I'm talking Bible. Listen, welcome to Spiritual Warfare 2021. But listen, greater is he that's in us than he that's in this world. And we are divinely protected because it doesn't matter how many demons the enemy sends at you. God has a greater army surrounding you. There are more with us than with them. We need to open our eyes. Open your eyes. No matter how bad you think it is, no matter how bad the devil seems to be after you and your family, there are more surrounding you. I am surrounded by the armies of God. I am surrounded by the armies of heaven. My marriage is surrounded by the armies of heaven. My daughters are surrounded by the armies of heaven. This church is surrounded by the armies of heaven. And yeah, the devil is after us, but he doesn't win. He's been defeated. No weapon formed against me will prosper and no gate of hell will stop me because there are more that are with me and us that are with them. Open your eyes. God, open our eyes in 2021 to the assignments of the enemy, Father God, and help us see the chariots of fire that are surrounding our lives. And may we walk boldly and confidently into this year, knowing that there are more that are with us than with them. That's my prayer. God, open our eyes to your provision in the midst of our desert. Open their eyes to the direction that we are to go and open our eyes to your protection in 2021. Eyes wide open, church. I mean, we may have been caught off guard in 2020, but no more. We've learned. We've learned, right? We've learned, okay, the past is the past, but in 2021, we're going in with eyes wide open and we're going to see the provision of God. We're going to see the direction of God and we're going to see the protection of God everywhere we go. And know this, that no matter what you're experiencing right now, that you are surrounded by the armies of heaven, chariots of fire. You know, there's an assignment on you, and I'm glad that God doesn't necessarily open my eyes at the demonic activity around me. It might freak me out, right? But I know this, that no matter what it may be, how it may be numbered, it doesn't matter that what God has assigned to me to protect me and keep me is greater than the assignment of the enemy. There's more with me than are against me. 
And we need to open our eyes to that. Our God needs to open our eyes. We're asking him to open our eyes. I'm telling you, and, and, I, and can I, I just, we're going to go down this road for in a little while. And this month, I'm going to talk about some other things. We'll talk about how to combat some of these things because it's, a real, it's real life. And listen, I don't have to go to India and Mexico to see demonic activity. I can go down the street. And we need to be aware and not be ignorant of those things. And so we're going to address those things because we're positioning ourselves for a great year. And so we need to be ready, have our eyes open and be ready to do what God's called us to do in the midst of a time like this. You may feel like every demon in hell is after you, but you need to, God to open your eyes and see that there are more that are with you than against you. The armies of the Lord surround us. Chariots of fire. I love that. Hell has no power over me. There is nothing more powerful than the blood of Jesus, than the name of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit on my life. And no weapon formed against me will prosper and no gate of hell will stop me. I am a child of God, bought by the blood of Jesus and there are more for me than are against me. I'm surrounded by heaven's armies. I, can, can we just take a second? This may be weird or awkward. I don't really care. It's the first one of the year. And uh, I'm gonna try all kinds of stuff. No, I'm just kidding. Whether you're at home or right here, I want you to just say this like you mean it. Say this after me. I'll repeat it. I'll say it and you repeat it. I am surrounded by God's armies. Say it like you mean it. I am surrounded by God's armies. Say it like you believe in 2021. It's the truth. I am surrounded by God's army. Say it. Come on. You need our eyes open to that fact. Maybe that should be your confession every single day. Before I leave the house today, I am surrounded by God's armies. Open our eyes, Lord, that we may see there are more for us and against us. Open our eyes that we may see God's protection. Luke 24, final story. We're closing with this. This is an interesting one because I don't know that I would put it in the category of the other three. I think it's actually the key to the other three, but I listed it in your live notes as if it was one of, the, one of four. And so in Luke 24, here's an interesting story. Jesus has died. He's rose again. He's risen. He's walking along the road with two disciples. These disciples did not recognize him. They weren't of the 12, or now there would be 11, and they, but they were disciples, followers of Jesus. And so he finds himself, they're on the road to Emmaus, and Jesus shows up and is walking along with them, and just chatting it up and having a conversation. Jesus kind of walks up on the conversation, and then he begins to kind of take it over, and he begins to share things, going all the way back to Moses, and starts talking about things that, that um, foreshadowed him. Now, they didn't know who he was at the moment, but he's talking about things that pointed to himself. And so uh, let's pick up the story, Luke 24, 30. Now it came to pass uh, after, as he sat at the table. And so what has happened after this conversation along the road, these men, it was late in the day. They enjoyed the conversation. It was late in the day. They asked Jesus to come in. Why don't you come on in with us? Stay the night. Let's have something to eat. He had not intended to do that, but then they invited him in. Can I tell you, he always responds to your invitation. You need to invite him into every situation, invite him into your life, invite him into your marriage, invite him into your family. He comes in when you invite him in to sit down and eat with you. Fellowship. So they invited him in and he came in. And as they were there, after spending all day together, walking and talking, after an invitation in, he's sitting at the table. Now it came to pass as he sat at the table with them, listen to the wording here, that he took bread, blessed it, broke it, and gave it to him. What does that sound like? It sounds to me like the Last Supper. It sounds to me like when Jesus was in the upper room or in the room and he was having his last supper with the disciples and the Bible says that he took bread, he blessed it, and he broke it, and then he distributed it. Now look what happens after this moment. Then their eyes were opened 
and they knew him. Their eyes were open and they knew him and he vanished from their sight. Then, the then happened after they broke bread together. The then happened after they received, if you will, communion. Something was familiar about what Jesus said and did. They couldn't really put a finger on it with him walking with them. They didn't recognize him. But in that moment that Jesus took the bread, his body broken and broke it and handed it out, then their eyes were open. In other words, the revelation of who Jesus is opened their eyes to who he is. See, that recognition, if you will, all of a sudden their eyes were open that they're with Jesus. And then listen to what it says. It says, and then he vanished. I love that. Because you know what it says to me? It says all day long, Jesus was with them and they didn't even know he was with them. (laughs) All day long, he's with you and you don't even know it. No matter what you're going through, he's with you. When you think he's nowhere to be found, he is right there with you. We just need our eyes open to who he is. And the moment they came to that point of remembering he is the broken lamb of God, his body was broken for us, his blood was shed for us, their eyes were open on who he is in their life. And it revealed Christ to them that all along he was right there all along. But you know what the key was? The key was that receiving communion, that key was that moment of communion communion with God. The key was being put in remembrance that he was the sacrifice that his body was broken because he loved you so much. The key was the moment that they were put in remembrance that he gave his life for them. The key for you and I, we've got to remember that his body was broken for you. He gave his life for you and he's with you. Even when you can't see him, he is there. Open your eyes. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.